0: today on a classic compassion radio
1: while they are there away from that repressive government they're so open to the gospel yeah, and they're free to think yeah exactly for once they don't have the ayatollah just you know looming over their heads it's just been amazing work of the holy spirit as we see the good news of jesus christ spreading across that country
0: where is the gospel spreading like wildfire these days Well, today's guest has a pretty good idea because he's right in the middle of it daily. There's a lot to cover today, so we'll get right to it. Thanks for joining us today on Compassion Radio. I'm Bram Floria. We're back today with John Podiati, the man at the center of the whirlwind, which is Bibles for the World. And you certainly have been getting whipped around a bit in all these strange times we live in, John. But thanks for coming back to share more about what God's doing around the world through your ministry.
1: Always great to talk with you, Abraham. It's always a pleasure.
0: Yesterday we covered a survey again of contemporary China. You and I saw it just a couple of years ago in person. We actually went through the, the massive central part of China where Wuhan is. We went right through those rail yards. We saw the place like it is, which is kind of like a Chicago of the nation. And we saw how much the Word of God was going forth. We also heard that things were about to change radically. And they have. Xi Jinping and the Communist Party of China is flexing their muscles on every front. They intend to become a real player on every level, economically, politically, socially, morally, religiously. Every other effort in the world, they want to subject to their ideology and infuse their ideas and their way of doing things into everything. That's their mission. Mm -hmm. So we have to have a response to that. And all the other nations around there have had a lot of pressures from China. But there's also opportunities. There's new openings appearing in the cracks between all of these changes. Let's talk about some of those countries. Even during COVID, where is the activity right now? And where has God opened up opportunities you were not expecting?
1: Well, I'll tell you, one of those is the country of Iran. Mm. And, you know, I don't know if you follow this, Bram, but... uh, very quietly, I mean, the, the body of Christ has been growing in Iran, and a couple of years ago, it's almost three years now, I heard that Iran has become the fastest-growing church, yeah. overall body of Christ, in the entire world, percentage-wise. Right. And granted, there were only 100,000 or so Christians about 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but in a recent survey that was done by a secular objective organization, they found that it was just about 1.5% of the Iranian people were bold enough to state that they identified as Christian. They're saying it out loud now. Wow. Yes. And that would translate to nearly one million believers, yeah. Iranian believers. And this is just amazing. Here's a you know, country of 75 million. You know, you think back since the uh, Ayatollah Khomeini, some of the images that our listeners may have in mind, the Iranian hostage crisis, and more recently, under the current Ayatollah, Ali Khamenei, there's been heightened American-Iranian tensions yeah. politically. You've got Iran continuing to work on their nuclear program that we do have to be very concerned about. So you see this repressive government.
0: Yeah,
1: And so it's just been amazing work of the Holy Spirit as we see the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ spreading across that country. So... At Bible's Rule, we started watching this, praying about it, looking for ways. How can we help this growing church? How can we help fan the flames of the Holy Spirit in this country? And, you know, it's so difficult, really impossible, to provide God's Word within Iran Mm. and for us to reach out in the ways that we normally do. But just about, it would be a year and a half ago, I met a young man. He's Iranian. He became a follower of Christ while there. He had to flee the country spent time in refugee camps in Turkey, eventually made his way over here to the States into Bible school, Bible college. You know, he told me last three years, I've been going not into Iran because I'm not allowed there right. back in there anymore. I've been going to Istanbul, Turkey mm-hmm. and doing outreach to the Iranians that come there. And what he told me was that, you know, under this repressive government, the Persians, the Iranians, are not allowed to celebrate their Persian New Year's, which they call Noruz. Mm-hmm. And this is celebrated usually in the last of March. And so those with any wherewithal will fly out from Tehran to uh, Istanbul, and then they will spend their time for about a week feasting and drinking and enjoying cultural shows. and
0: Spring break for an entire nation.
1: Yeah. And they'll come there. But <laughs> while they are there away from that repressive government and their situation back home, they are so open to the gospel. Yeah. And they're free to think. Yeah, exactly. That For once, they don't have the Ayatollah just, you know, looming over their heads. He said, this has been an incredible time of outreach for us. And I just said, we're with you. We're going to help you out. Tell me how many scriptures you need. And he told me, Well, it's not a huge outreach, and we have to be fairly careful. I mean, Turkey is also an Islamic country, and most of our workers are going to be people who come out of the refugee camps Mm -hmm. that are there. And so we said, well, we're behind you. We're going to help out. What is it going to take? So we started providing for the scriptures. This was last year, and we had all the logistics in place, things all lined up, and then boom, COVID hit literally a week before we were to go in there and do this outreach. You know, the doors were closed. So we just kept monitoring through this past year. Again, literally a week before Noroos this year. And this is just a little over a month ago. The door opened. Oh, amen. It it was a Tuesday night, and I booked tickets to fly out on Saturday. Mm -hmm. He did also. And, you know, we we did our hotels on Wednesday. We got our fresh COVID test on Thursday, and we were on a flight on Saturday. Iranian Christian refugees are in the camps all scattered all over the country. And so they had to get travel permits and get in there. And some of them were having difficulties with that and unsure until we were there. But uh, scriptures started arriving at at the hotel from different places. They had been stored around the city. So we put those together. New Testament in the Farsi language, Mm -hmm. along with a micro SD card with jesus film and mm-hmm. sermon great and resource. worship music and number of different resources as well as an invitation to an online church this has been one of the amazing growth stories of the church there is that you've got people in iran tuning in to church service online in their language that's beaming out of somewhere in southern california amen so this has really contributed to it so put all these resources together and from the next morning i mean these iranian christian refugees just amazing i mean yeah. literally from early morning as soon as the tourists the iranian tourists and visitors were hitting the streets shopping different things like that they were out there sharing god's word with them you know it's just amazing to work with them through the day as outsiders we couldn't identify who was turkish who was iranian who was from another arabic-speaking country but they could pick them out and just go a over
0: mile there. away they can see them coming
1: yeah Yep, and they could strike up the conversation and move it right into, here's a copy of God's Word for yourself.
0: The places we've actually seen what we would consider street evangelism in these countries, you know, you and I have an image in America of what that was like. There was like beach ministries and stuff or spring break outreaches, peer-to-peer ideas that we had over the last 50 or 100 years in America. Mm -hmm. And it's got a a connotation now of being something kind of oppressive or in-your-face or contrary, like you're trying to shout down people's sin and proclaim God's kingdom the hard way. And that's the image, I think, that many modern Americans think of those kind of people that would go out and do this. It's very different for those who are involved with ministry to people who are hungry and you can see it in their eyes and just acknowledging them. The miracle of actually being able to look somebody in the face without fear Mm -hmm. In so many of these places of the world where they come out of countries where you just avert your eyes because you know you're in danger. You don't trust anybody. And you see something on the street. Someone looks at you with compassion and sees you for who you are and loves you and doesn't have a condemning spirit, period. But it's so excited to share a joy with them. It's like the stories you hear about the people that go across from North Korea into China just to survive, to be able to get out of a famine discover Jesus, and they're so transformed by that story that they can't help but turn right back around and swim back across the river Mm -hmm. and embed themselves into a hostile country because God put that love in their hearts. That's the kind of environment you're talking about. I was so envious, my friend, that I wanted to be with you on this last trip. And the last time we actually talked about it was literally the week before COVID shut down America. Mm -hmm. And we were ready to buy our tickets with you.
1: Well... Um, you know, even this year it was so touch and go, are we going to do it? Are we going to be able to go? Yeah. And I'm hoping that next trip we make there, there's a couple of things. If things open up, you know, an outreach plan during the summer months in the coastal areas. When again, Iranians come over for holiday Mm -hmm. and there are Iranian musicians and artists that go there and do a little mini concert tour and move from coastal resort town to the next So we're looking at that if things do open up. But again, for next year, Nauru in March of 2022 that we're planning to be in there again and just continue that outreach. I'll tell you, some of these Iranian Christians, they've been in these refugee camps for eight or nine years. Just the stories they had about, you know, the difficulties they've gone through. But then you see the joy in their faces, their eyes, as they are able to share the gospel with their fellow Iranians and say, hey, I love that, but here's what I've found. Here's yeah. the truth. It's not what our government is imposing on us. Here it is. This is freedom. Yeah. Freedom through God's Word. And that's just so exciting.
0: When you hear people tell stories like, I had to go through hell to find Jesus. They're not kidding. <laughs> and they would say, I go through it all again for him.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Amen. Well, God willing, you and I will actually meet some of these people face to face again and be able to bring their stories back to us here. What other countries are at the top of your hit list right now, people that are begging for help and opportunity and and partners to bring the word because the hunger's there and there's been revival. Where Mm -hmm. in the world is your attention focused?
1: Well, one aspect of our ministry has been coming alongside proclamation evangelists, Mm
0: -hmm. Um,
1: evangelists who are doing crusades, festivals around the world.
0: In the languages of the people.
1: In the languages often translated Sometimes there'll be a mix of an American evangelist connected with some local evangelists, Mm. local musicians, different things like that. You know, we see the Holy Spirit working at these events, 30,000, 50,000 people gathered together and hearing God's word. And, you know, 10 to 15 percent going forward, making a decision at that event to follow Christ. But my heart has been always broken for the 85 to 90 percent who leave that venue who leave that festival, that crusade, that event, without making a decision to follow Christ. And so we've been coming alongside these proclamation evangelists to provide God's Word to everybody who enters the venue, Mm. everybody who comes there. Because, you know, in a lot of these countries, it's not an individual decision to follow Christ. It's something they need to go back, talk with their families, their husband, their wife, their children, their extended families because the ramifications are so huge for them. They're counting the cost. Yes. And so they need some time to think it through, to work it through, because this could affect their social status. It could affect their employment. It could affect their entire family relationships, their village, their town, different things like that. There is just so much impact that making a decision to follow Christ can bring on somebody and so we want to provide God's word to those people, either as they enter the festival or as they leave. And yeah. so we've been given this opportunity with quite a number of different evangelists who are working all over the world. We'll be working with Andrew Palau, the son of Luis Palau, in Malawi. Right now scheduled for end of September that he'll be taking his team in there. And of course, we know our dear brother Luis passed away yeah. promoted the glory just uh, hardly a month, month and a half ago. But uh, his son, Andrew, continues with tremendous fervor reaching out through crusades around the world. And so we've been blessed to come alongside him for the last seven, eight years now and providing God's word at those festivals.
0: John Podiati is unique in a lot of ways. How many of us can say that they probably have grown up as a headhunter if someone hadn't given their grandfather a Bible? The extraordinary story continues after this. Thank you for standing with Compassion Radio as we bring daily encouragement, inspiration, and challenge to you each day. If you find any value in what we do, we need to hear from you today. The easiest way is through our website, CompassionRadio.com. You can also reach out through our toll-free order line, 1-800-868-2478. And please note our new mailing address, P.O. Box 77160, Corona, California. 92877. That's box 77160, Corona, California 92877. Just before Christmas, I traveled with John to Vietnam, a country we've long had on our radar for Bible projects. In fact, Norman and Nelson did some pioneering work there 30 years ago, ferrying in batches of Bibles to the small but rapidly growing church in cities and hill tribe villages. I was astounded to discover that the early work had yielded tremendous fruit opening doors we couldn't have even imagined three decades ago. For the first time in the history of communist Vietnam, Christians were now allowed to openly celebrate their faith and held two nationally permitted crusades in Ho Chi Minh City and Hanoi. John and I witnessed hundreds of Vietnamese Christian artists and evangelists sharing their faith with tens of thousands of their countrymen including government officials who had until recently been persecuting the church. The window of opportunity for the gospel is open right now, and Bibles are allowed in. The churches are asking for them earnestly, so please send your best gift today to help us provide the Bibles they are begging for in 2023. Thank you.
1: His son, Andrew, continues with tremendous fervor reaching out through crusades around the world. We've been blessed to come alongside him for the last seven, eight years now and providing God's word at those festivals. In light
0: of the threats, medically speaking, if they have to shift to something else, what do they do?
1: Well, one of the things, actually, it's interesting you ask, Bram, is that we are exploring following up with the evangelism process with an electronic continuous Scripture distribution, hmm. basically software with an app that they'll be able to download onto their phones, okay. and okay. that we will be able to continue to send them Scripture, make Scripture and other resources available to them through this app, and it's something that we've been working on here through COVID, and hoping, actually, that we can do kind of a beta test at the Malawi Festival at the end of September. And through that, we'll be able to track and they'll be able to note that they made a decision to follow Christ through that app. Then we can look at trying to get them connected to the local church or to other resources that we can make available to them through the app. And so it'll be a way for us to continue the process of early discipleship and get them connected to the body of Christ, which is the eventual goal. We know that we can't start churches and you know continue the work ongoing uh, in so many countries. as God has blessed us to be able to work in, but we want to connect them with other strong evangelical churches in these different countries and in their hometowns, essentially.
0: I remember when I sat down probably 10 years ago with a young man who had big dreams for bringing the gospel to Malawi. His name was James Nyondo and he was the son of one of the big tribal leaders of the country. He had a passion for it. He had come to study in the States and he was looking around for partners, people that would believe in him. So few of the American churches at the time saw any future for Malawi and didn't give him any resources. So when he went back to Africa, he went on to South Africa to study law and and politics and was getting prepared to get serious about transforming his country's culture and the situation of graft and tribal enmities that was still persisted in the country. He wanted to see it come to a new light, and he knew that the gospel was a way to that. So he was ready and poised to take on the national problems and was in the middle of a political campaign to do that very thing. And then got lung cancer and died young. In 2015, he was gone. Mm. But I remember sitting there years before that thinking, this young guy has got it. And you look at that and you say, he's kind of like the rich young ruler who said yes, because he had every opportunity to just take power, but he didn't want power. He wanted Jesus. When I heard the news that he'd gotten sick and left behind a young family, I wept for him because he was a friend. But he was also somebody I thought in the second breath, what a waste. He was so ready to do so much good. But then I have to remind myself, there is no seed that God plants that's not going to bring forth fruit when he's ready. No. And it seems to me I've been hearing a lot about Malawi suddenly being open and hungry for the gospel and throwing the doors wide open. So I got to wonder about the connection between the life of that young man, James, and what happened and is happening now in that country.
1: Yes, it is it is amazing. We were there with Andrew. He did a, a festival in the capital, the political capital of Lilongwe in mm-hmm. 2016, provided scriptures there. Just saw incredible hunger for the gospel, for God's word, and they did as well. And so they're now planning this year to do the city of Blantyre, which is the economic capital mm-hmm. of that country. And so that's where we're planning to go in and come alongside them and provide scriptures. At that festival.
0: Well, I'd encourage our listeners to be praying some cover on that campaign, because if God was that serious about putting it in the heart of people across a generation, and even people who can't see the finish line for that event happen, like James Neondo, mm. he's still after those people, and he's got a reason to go there and say, this is my time for Malawi. So we need to be praying for that particular East African country.
1: Yes, that's so true. And they're so strategically located, yeah. and just knowing that from there, God's work can go out to neighboring countries countries that have had even uh, stronger moves of the Islamic forces pushing down on them, but it can go out from Malawi and and touch the rest of Africa.
0: Amen. Well... What else you got for me? I, every time I come sit down at the table with you, we could look at the list and say, okay, there's 110 countries here to pick from. Start somewhere. And every time we end up coming down to like three or four saying, we just got to talk about this. We don't have enough time to go through the entire survey. But what else What else is moving your heart, John?
1: Well, I know that from long back for Compassion Radio Network and for NORM, you know, Southeast Asia, was always a place that uh, really moved him that Mm -hmm. just broke his heart you know all through those days you know even going back 40 50 years right and so you know we've been doing some work in cambodia we were there with another evangelist in late 2019 his name was franklin graham Mm -hmm. a name people might know (laughs) yeah and we had a wonderful time providing god's word to everyone who attended his his festival there in uh, phnom penh in the capital and so we've been asked to come back in kind of the second city of Cambodia another of our partners is planning festival and I gotta say planning because mm-hmm. these days you know it's it, things get moved he was to be there last year but we he pushed it into uh, 2021 here so again we're gearing back up to go in with him to Cambodia to the area of Batambang mm-hmm. in the uh, northwest part of that country also, what God has developed for us, I mean, He just keeps bringing opportunities, is some doors just cracking open in next door in the country of Vietnam. Mm. Interestingly, because of some of the history there, you know, the French. Occupation in that country There has been a Roman Catholic Population as well as an evangelical Population in that country that's been Slowly steadily growing I don't know but Mm -hmm. um, you know they're there And they've been allowed by the Government to have kind of their one Holiday their one festival year is a Christmas festival Mm -hmm. that the government Kind of allows them okay that's Your holiday we'll let you do things On that day and so the church There the Christians the believers there Have been holding Christmas festivals And so we actually had come alongside some of those, though we couldn't travel there last year from a distance, provided scriptures for those events in a couple of small towns in Vietnam last year and got some amazing reports back of people coming to know the Lord people coming forward of course they're using that Christmas festival as an opportunity to share God's word share the message of uh, salvation through Jesus Christ and people coming forward and accepting that free gift right there at Christmas time and so we're looking at going back in there in December for some of these Christmas festivals and just coming alongside Vietnamese Christians as they do this work there we'll see whether some of the American guests will be able to Uh, travel in there and share the gospel at these Christmas festivals. Whether they do or not, we know that we're going to be in there supporting the work of the Holy Spirit, the work of these faithful Vietnamese Christians in there, and uh, just trying to equip them to reach out with the message of Jesus Christ. The
0: country of Vietnam, as far as I can tell, seems to be quite a bit different in their contemporary history than Cambodia or Laos or Myanmar because they had such a strong command and control mechanism built because of the war against the Americans. And so the Hill Tribes are always considered to be kind of a niggling annoyance. For the other countries, because they didn't come down from the hills very much, and you could kind of snipe at them and keep them up there, there wouldn't be a problem. And that's where the gospel took root, because people that had the Bible were willing to go to those ends of the earth, and the gospel Mm -hmm. was actually getting planted in those hill tribes. But in Vietnam, the backbone of the communist regime was tied in with those hill tribes of Vietnam, so they knew those people, and they were not shy about slamming down a rigid cap on any religious activity across their country. At the same time, they're following the path of China, it seems, in opening up the West, getting the Western dollars in, opening up the coast for cultural tourism. So those things are are booming for them. And so is their manufacturing sector as one of the fast-growing young tigers of Asia. They're an interesting mix. The best and worst of China seems to be happening in Vietnam now. Mm -hmm.
1: Yes, they are certainly watching very closely what China is doing. At the same time, they don't want to take orders from China. So Mm -hmm. it's an interesting political economic dynamic there as they put things into place, both economically to open up, as you mentioned, for manufacturing and different things like that, opening up the tourism industry there but then also wanting to do it their own way, the Vietnamese way. And it's been interesting as we have entered into some real partnerships there, you know, get in deep and and learn more. And I know both you and Norm before had spent a lot of time invested in this country and in this region. And so that's why I'm so excited to share it with you. would love to have you join with us, Graham. (laughs) We are so
0: ready, friend. (laughs) As soon as God opens (laughs) the door, we're out there with you. When you have a history in your own ministry, Norman Share especially, when they can say, not only did I go there, but I went there with Bibles strapped to my thighs in order to get them through checkpoints and get them up to the hill country. I've seen those pictures. Yeah, I just love it. (laughs) There's still burn marks, I think, on Share's legs. (laughs) But the commitment that this ministry and our listeners have always had to the important things of how the gospel gets planted, and then, of course, flows from that to maturing fellowships that transform society and take care of real needs and just do the thing they live the gospel in every way possible. You know, you've seen us. We've been involved with all those different stages as a ministry. We try to communicate the stories of how the gospel got there, what the gospel did there, and what those who are changed by the gospel are doing there. Mm-hmm. It is. It's transforming the world everywhere it lands. So I'm so glad that we get to have through your eyes and through your people at Bibles for the World that lens into how does the soil get turned over? How does the seed get planted? How do those who know the Word of God till that soil and keep it watered and wait for the fruit to come and then distribute that fruit. Mm-hmm. That, for me, is a marvelous chapter in that whole continuum. I'm glad we get to be part of that each year. There are still some great reports to share on the unique opportunities for the gospel in a time of COVID, and they're all coming up when I welcome back John Podiati of Bibles for the World. Drop us a line between now and then through our website, CompassionRadio.com. You can also reach out through our toll-free order line, one 800 868 2478. We'll see you tomorrow.